today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. If everybody's wearing them, then it also protects you because there's less respiratory aerosols in the air around you. It's almost like vaccination. The more people that do it, the more you protect in society. So the higher coverage of mask wearers, the more protected you are uh, in your community and around you. That's Dr. Rodney Rohde. He joined us uh, last week on Friday, as a matter of fact. Um, he's in Texas at Texas State University, and we've seen what's transpired down there. I heard a doctor on um, Rachel Maddow's show um, on Friday night who noted they had fought in, in a city of Houston, two and a half million people. It's a, it's a burgeoning, growing city. Uh, but it's become it's it's moved into the top ten in the U.S. for population. It was never there, but they've had an exploding city. A lot of young people moving there to Houston to Austin. They had five ICU beds as of Friday, and guess what? They don't have any anymore. So they are over capacity. And we remember what that feeling felt like in March and April. Um, so the message is pretty universal: Texas, Europe, um, anywhere you're going today, the mask is a, is a pretty essential part. Think of it as your wallet. Forget your wallet. You can't go in the store. Think of the mask exactly in that manner. Um, we mentioned the, the COVID cases before the break. 257 cases in Ontario. But, and, and it's worth noting, and, and no, this isn't like a, you know, a blue sky thing. All but 80 are the migrant farm workers in the Windsor-Essex area. So there's two things there. One, it means we haven't, we're not seeing a massive breakout or a real trouble spot anywhere else in the province. But that trouble spot is incredibly concerning, right? They're handling our food. We want them safe. There've been uh, a third person died uh, as a result of uh, of not being taken care of properly, and uh, or not taking care of himself either, or because he's feeling either forced to work or this policy that has to be changed. That uh, if you're po- if you test positive but are asymptomatic, keep coming to work. Um, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be left up to the worker, because generally speaking, uh, to, to use the sports pra- phrase. They're going to want to play hurt in this situation. Okay, they're a bit wary, a bit suspicious of of hospitals, of providing it all the information, of government in general, and it's a big problem. So a lot of the cases are down there, and we've got to do something about. It. Be curious to hear what the premier has to say about it today. Very excited to have our next guest on. He's uh, an epidemiology professor uh, at U of T. Uh, David Fisman joins us now on the Bill Kelly Show. David, it's Greg Brady. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for asking me on. And before we get started, could I just say that your messaging in that run-in that you just did, that preamble, was so spot-on and fantastic. I don't, (laughs) to be honest, I don't know what I'm adding to this conversation. (laughs) I almost feel like, you keep talking, I'll be quiet. I will not do that. I will not do that. I have a politics degree from Western, and you have a doctorate from Western. Come on. I mean, you know, you you, you wrote the MCAT. I didn't. Let's be honest. Well. Uh, that was fantastic. Thank you for that messaging. Oh, well, what what are the struggles you're – I appreciate that very much. What are the struggles you're seeing, even anecdotally, uh, David, about uh, – with masks? What 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 are people even, – even the ones that are wearing them wrong, what are people not doing right even when they have them? You, you know, I, I, I think the biggest issue with masks is not that they're they're not being used properly or, or, you know, people wearing them on their heads or, you know, not covering their noses or what have you. I think the the issue we have in Ontario right now is a real lack of clarity in terms of messaging. Uh, We're the the laggard within the country, us in Quebec. Uh, Alberta's having a bit of a surge right now, but most of the country's racking up zeros at this point. 
um, and has controlled controlled these outbreaks. And there's a lot that we know about COVID now that we didn't know in March and April. Mm-hmm. And we need our public health leaders to step up and and explain to people very clearly what they can do and how they can um, snuff out you know, the remnants of this outbreak in Ontario and how we can prevent resurgences. As you mentioned, we're seeing some big time resurgences south of the border, <laughs> which is, which is um, you, you know, one of the difficulties for Canada is you can point south of the border and say, wow, that's really terrible. We're not that terrible. What we should be aspiring to is looking more like countries like Australia, like Germany, uh, like South Korea that have really yeah. got this thing whipped. So, so I think to me, the, 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 the country I look at as a huge public health success story is Japan. Uh, Japan's disease control policy on COVID actually doesn't look that different from Sweden, but they have really articulated some clear messaging. You know, you can't, you can't have detailed guidance for every single situation a human being is going to be in in the city of Hamilton or the city of Toronto. There's, life's too complex. So they've boiled it down to the three C's, and they say closed, close, and crowded. That's where this virus spreads. It spreads indoors, not outdoors. It spreads when we're close, not when we're far away, and it spreads when we're in crowds. So mm-hmm. the, our jumping-off point is avoid the three C's, closed, close, and crowded. Sometimes we can't do that, right? There are settings, there are workplaces where we can't do that. We have to go into grocery stores, get our food. Sometimes someone's going to get up near you and, you know, that's not your decision. And in those situations, masking probably is a tremendous um, uh, asset, something that we haven't really used um, in a big way in Ontario. Culturally, it's a bit foreign to us. Yeah. And we haven't leveraged it. But we've, we've just got something, I, I think this may be where, this, where the request to talk came from. We just got something uh, accepted for publication this week in a journal. It's nothing new. A bunch of other groups have published the same stuff. If you look at masks and COVID, one of the tricks COVID plays is this pre-symptomatic inf- infecting that seems to go on. It's been estimated by a group from Hong Kong that about 40% of all the transmissions happen before people feel sick. So... The idea is my mask protects you from me, your mask protects me from you, because we're all going to do the right thing, I hope, once we feel sick and get out of circulation. But the sneaky trick of the COVID virus is that people spread it before they feel sick, and masks are a fix for that. They keep us from infecting each other before we know we feel sick. Yeah. Uh, By the way, for context for our audience, and I'm glad you brought up Japan, Dr. Fisman, 72 cases today in in a nation that's got four times the population we have. So whatever fear there was, and of course there was going to be fear being so close to the the Chinese border. I know they're basically an island, but uh, there was still an awful lot of travel in in March and April. What do you think? uh, There's a lot of buck passing among our politicians. I I was really proud of uh, Markham Mayor uh, Frank Scarpitti for he's going to make it mandatory. Guelph has done the same thing. And and no, we're not going to have, it's not going to be, uh, you know, Orwell's 1984 and there's going to be cops handing out tickets everywhere. But I think it'll breed confidence. I think it'll breed, especially for retailers, so like a 21-year-old cashier uh, at Shoppers Drug Mart, we should be protecting them. We should be protecting people at Sobeys and, 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 uh, and, and other grocery stores. And the mandatory thing would do that. Right. And I, I, I think there's been some real mushy messaging in Ontario that's, that's muddied the waters unnecessarily. I think what a mandate does 
is it helps normalize it. It helps it helps tell people that this is a new expectation. This is how we're going to get through this this stuff. It's good for all of us. It's especially a pro-business intervention because we're having to do all these shutdowns in order to control virus. Wouldn't it be nice to be a little more open and have the same slow burn going on via mask use? So, you know, I remember I was a, I was an associate medical officer of health in Hamilton in the early 2000s okay. when tobacco-free bars and restaurants came in. And that was the same idea. It was about, you know, taking something that's normal behavior. This is how, you know, this is how we live in Ontario, getting a ton of pushback. But at some point, public health and politicians say, say no, you, you know, we have to change how we act. We're going to do this because it's good for all of us. It's good for our communities. It's good for community health. So we're actually going to use the tools in our toolbox. And for public health leaders in Ontario, those tools mostly live in something called the Health Protection Promotion Act. There's been some back and forth in Toronto about whether or not our medical officer of health even has the power to put in a mask mandate. Um, and then Dr. Mercer in Guelph showed that yeah, local medical officers of health sure do. And that's been repeated now a couple of times. I think in Windsor, they're pushing, starting to push more for masks. God bless Mayor Scarpitti. That, yeah. that was very brave. And I think more places have to do it, even if it's quiet. You know, the idea is keep it quiet, right? Alberta was really quiet, and then they had 70 cases two days ago. Yeah. So, you, you know, the idea is to get away from playing whack-a-mole where you're, you're dealing with these resurgences. You don't know where the next one's going to come. Just keep it quiet. And you keep it quiet by with the three C's and with masking. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've been disappointed by the Toronto mayor who says, well, I'm open to the idea. Well, do it or don't. Uh, you, he's been open to every, he, generally he's open to everything. Um, he's finally said, okay, masks on the TTC, but Dr. Fisman, that's not even going through till July 8th. Who needs four yeah. and a half weeks of preparation to get ready to put a piece of cotton on their face? Yeah, why do we need to, Why do we need to wait that long? We're waiting too long. The, the, the Hamlet stuff, that to be Ugh. or not to be, uh, the agonizing, it's, it's getting a little <laughs> stale at this point. Like, we, we have a friend we work with in Belgium. And mm-hmm. our joke with this guy, he's a, he's a disease modeler, and we have kind of a collaboration. And, you know, what we see is that... Uh, may shock you, but this virus behaves exactly the same way in Belgium as it does in Ontario. His joke is that the conversations we have in Ontario tend to be the conversations that they had in Belgium about a month or six weeks ago, but they just seem to make their minds up a lot quicker. So so our, so our friend Steve in Belgium is predicting that we're going to have an Ontario mask mandate. It'll just take a couple more weeks because we seem to like to chew, the, chew things over a bit more endlessly than they do over there. It, it, uh, so it feels it, that way, yeah. Yeah. What's your what's your messaging to um, younger people who feel um, impenetrable? I, I liken to this to, you know, though, though we, we wish we probably hadn't at one point, if we drove close to, say, the legal limit for consuming alcohol, most of us would say, wow, I put myself in a bad position there. I was lucky I made it home. I'm not going to do that again. What I'm worried about with the virus is younger people are saying it didn't get me this time or that time or that time. So yeah. I'm pretty immune to it. Like, like I don't know if you saw the story yesterday. R- Rudy Gobert, the NBA player who famously got it, he says, I still can't. I still haven't got right. my sense of smell back. He's 28, fit as a fiddle, 99.9th yeah. percentile of people on the planet for fitness, and he hasn't fully recovered three and a half months later. Yeah, yeah. No, so so I don't want to overplay the risks in young people because 
because one of the silver linings to this damn thing is that people under the age of 50 seem to get severely ill, much less than people over the age of 50. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the risk is in, I'm, I'm 50, a lot of the, the risk sort of takes off sharply at my age and beyond. That said, if we have widespread transmission of this virus, one in a thousand complications, you know, uh, winding up in intensive care unit, winding up with, with blood clots, uh, winding up with respiratory failure, that's going to happen to a lot of younger people if if spread is is if transmission is widespread enough and and I am worried about the fall in terms of that mm-hmm. the, the the other thing which is which is hard to message is that we think transmission in young people is ultimately going to filter through into older people well, something that's interesting when we look at Ontario's data is that the per test positivity right now is about three times higher in people under the age of 40 as in people over the age of 40. And particularly once you get past the age of 60, we have very few uh, positive uh, results per test, which to me says that older people are scared and are looking after themselves by distancing more and staying out of circulation. You know, I, I, I think there are the, there, there, there's a limit to which you can sort of push this at a time when when the disease is relatively quiescent in Ontario. I think everyone needs a chance to to uh, stretch yeah. their legs. But part of the important messaging is that we do this to, you, you know, none of us are 20 year olds who lack any sort of interaction with with people who are over 50. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're a community. We're all connected directly or indirectly. So part of the messaging, and I think we can do better on this, is you protect yourself both to protect yourself, but also to protect other people who are much more likely than you to have severe outcomes if they get this infection. I do think we're into a bit of a good place in Ontario. Yeah. Almost whatever we do right now, the seasonality of this disease, the fact that we're outdoors, it's an indoor virus. We're outdoors now, you know, whether it's temperature, whether it's drying, whether it's UV radiation, there's something about summer. We're we're not being perfect in terms of um, distancing and so forth. And diseases become much more quiescent in Ontario. The flip of that is we have to really wrap our heads around what we're going to do come fall, because I think it is coming back um, and, and we have to get ready. U of T uh, epidemiology professor David Fisman, our guest. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. I'd recommend it at D Fisman. We'd love to having you on. I know you, pro- you know, another media request. You roll your eyes, but I'm glad you made time for me and our listeners today. Thank you for doing it. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much for having me on. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.